And now here's your host, Joe Levitt. All right, welcome in to this episode of the May the Smoke Be With You podcast. Uh, you know, we are once again here at the Jack Daniels World Championship Barbecue Invitational, or is it Jack Daniels Invitational Barbecue Championship? I don't. It's a long it's a title. A lot of words it's there a, together. I think I got them all. I don't know if I'm. I, <laughs> I think I've said it different ways, different times. I don't know if I've got. We them. all know what you mean. Though. Thank you. <laughs> We're, I'm here at a very big deal in the barbecue world here in Lynchburg, Tennessee. The, everywhere you look, there are uh, there's barbecue royalty. There are championship teams from literally around the world, um, and they're all coming here to Lynchburg, Tennessee, which is the home of the iconic brand Jack Daniels. And and my guest here uh, is kind of a big deal in the world <laughs> of Jack Daniels. Lexi Phillips is the assistant master distiller or just assistant distiller? Assistant distiller. Okay, I no master taken yet. Master, okay. No. <laughs> assistant distiller here at Jack Daniels. Welcome in to the May the Smoke Be With You podcast. Thank you so much for having me. This yeah. has been really exciting. I mean, this is one of the favorite weekends of the year, so already having a blast. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I imagine that you guys, um, this is an event that, that can't pop up overnight. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of planning that happens, um, and you guys are, obviously, it's, it's all over. Jack is everywhere you look here, but I want to take some time, and before we kind of get into talk about Jack Daniels and, and all that, I want to hear about you and <laughs> and kind of how you got here to Jack Daniels. So where, Shoot, where are yeah. you from? Uh, here. You're from, okay. <laughs> so actually, technically, right outside of Lynchburg in another very tiny town of Estill Springs. Okay. But my grandparents, they lived here in Lynchburg. So I was back and forth um, between Lynchburg and Estill Springs all the time. Okay. Yeah. And so does that mean that growing up so close to here was was Jack just kind of always in and around your family and around your life absolutely I've had um, over two dozen family members past and present that's worked at Jack Daniels okay. um, and I mean of course the barbecue as well I mean I've been coming to this since I was like one okay. so yeah it's a it's been an ever-present thing I, I, I will say that when people used to ask us, like, uh, ask my parents, like, where are y'all from, you know, mm -hmm. um, if we were outside of Lynchburg, they are like, well, do you know where Jack Daniels is made? In Lynchburg, Tennessee. And um, and they're like, yeah, yeah. So I guess in my mind as a child, I just cut out the middle of that, and people would ask where we're from, and I'm like, Jack Daniels. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, uh, in a child's mind, that's what it was yeah. way before I knew what whiskey was, you know. Sure. It was just a family thing to me. So you... You're kind of born, raised here. Obviously, a lot of family has, has worked here. What did you start doing as part of the Jack Daniels family? Yeah, so it was... Um, I don't see. imagine you were just hired as assistant distiller. No, kind of a big deal. no. I was about to say, I never even thought I'd make it here. So this was awesome. Yeah. Um, but my great aunt, she was actually um, still working as a supervisor in bottling at our main okay. bottling hall. And I had just graduated from college not long before, and I was really just looking for a job. Mm -hmm. And um, so she helped me get my foot in the door. And so I started working. Um, it's called rework, doing bottling. Like if bottles have defects on them or something, you'd pour them up and get rid of the glass to be recycled. And then I moved into quality control on the finished product side. Um, so that's, I don't know if you knew, we start testing our whiskey before it even leaves the barrel. 
Okay. So there's a lot more to it than you could ever imagine. All right. So talk to me about, let's stop there. So yeah. if you don't mind. So, uh, quality control, like from the outside, I'm like, that means you're, you're tasting a lot is what I would think. And it'd be like, it. ah, that's a great job. <laughs> but I imagine it's not just, you're going home wasted every day. Not at all. <laughs> not at all. So there's so much more to it than you could ever imagine. Yeah. So we're tasting, um, tasting the, um, uh, testing the proof the color the amount of dissolved solids in the whiskey um, of course depending on what the age is that we're trying to figure out what product is this going to fit best in so it's not only the liquid it is also the glass the labels the the caps everything about it that's what quality control falls over because this is not uh, I'm sorry you, you say things and it just triggers something no you're good uh, like this we're not talking a small little boutique brand that can have a lot of variance between one bottle or one year and the next. Like there is an expectation when somebody picks up a bottle of Jack or Gentleman Jack that it's going to taste exactly the way they remember it. So yeah. when you talk quality control, it is there's there's some science to it. I imagine absolutely. Um, now there's a lot of science to it because, like you said, I mean. Old number seven, it's going to taste the same whether you're tasting it here in Lynchburg or on the other side of the world in London, yeah. Australia. Yep. It's going to taste exactly the same. And we do that um, by means of quality control, and our size does help us with that because um, we build those batches for that um, consistent product. So the fun one to me is more of like the single barrel where you do get the variety from barrel to barrel. So, so it's, when you uh, said we're doing testing and we want to know what product that will fit. Mm -hmm. You might have this, I'll, I'll just say for lack of a better, this weird barrel that comes through that you're like, this can't be old number seven. There's no way, <laughs> or this isn't gentlemen. Like this has to be single barrel. Right. So the one thing on single barrel, it is, it only comes off the top floor. Okay. So now there's a real special thing about that. Think, I mean, heat rises. Yeah. So yeah. on the top of these barrel houses, I mean, it can be up to 120 degrees in the middle of summer. I'm talking <laughs> yeah. hot. Yeah. And But that is really what helps whiskey age. Yeah. So that wood, it kind of acts like the pores on your skin. As, uh, as it gets hot, the pores open up, and it lets that whiskey kind of flow in and get those really beautiful vanilla, caramel, confectionery notes. Yeah. Um, and that real rich color, because you can't add color to Tennessee whiskey. Well, so it's you. all for, exactly. Yeah. So it is all natural. Mother nature, father time, and the barrel. <laughs> you know. So uh, is that your own quote, or is that like passed on? Like is that like distiller talk? I'll say I picked that. I, I that's my own. I may have picked I some parts it. of it up, it's but yeah, great. yeah. <laughs> that's good. You should you should you should bottle that and sell it. That's, Copyright that's right that's now. Right. Y'all heard it first here. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> that's good. I'm sorry, I interrupted. What were you? So top, top yes. floor. Yes, top floor. Um, just for those really big characters, because like you said, I mean, our old number seven. It's going to be figuratively speaking. If I took an entire warehouse and poured that into a bottle, that would be old number seven. Mm -hmm. So it's a combination of all floors. It's a very balanced whiskey. Yeah. Um, single barrel is going to be a little more bold, and that's what you're looking for. So not just top floor. It's got to be top floor, and then also go through a master taster panel. So that's myself, Chris Fletcher, our master distiller, a handful of others throughout quality control. We taste these barrels to make sure they get to graduate to this program. Okay. So, and talking about like, you know, how much what, whiskey you taste. What does a barrel taste. feel like? <laughs> when a barrel, like, 
you know, I imagine I'm a barrel. I'm going up to to this panel and I'm psyching myself up and then I don't get picked. What happens to you? (sighs) You still have a beautiful future in front of you. You still get to be old number seven, maybe gentleman Jack. You're just kind of, you're, you're put into a a bigger mix. Exactly. Okay. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So you still, you're still okay. Oh yeah. You're still okay. You're not, you're not like quite, uh, not a reject or anything, you know, you just don't quite become the elite. Okay. All right. (laughs) Good. Good. But uh, no, it's it's on the tasting part. There is a uh, people think that tasting they equate it to drinking, right. and it's not the same at all. Sure. Um, if I had a glass right here and I had tasting the whiskey, you wouldn't see any volume really gone from it. There's just enough to coat your mouth, and that's really it. Yeah. There's barely any left to even swallow. Because um, a lot of people, you know, drinking whiskey, they get used to going straight from A, the tip of the tongue, straight to the back of the throat. Mm-hmm. And that's not how you taste whiskey. Yeah. So you got to roll it all around, let it truly coat everything in your mouth. All right. So let, let's let's pause there yeah. for tasting whiskey. Uh, somebody like me, like I've, I've done, done wine tastings, I've done a distillery tour, or, or, you know, in the past. But like when, when you first put that whiskey in your mouth... Uh, and let's say we're we're in that master panel. Um, what what are what are those what are those first things that you're wanting to to kind of like? What are you experiencing first in your mouth, and what are you looking for? So I'm looking for I'm gonna say bold, really just a step above. Okay. Um, so what we have, they'll have it set up as a standard. Um, so a glass that literally has just a a, a single barrel in it. And this is all cut down to um, 40 proof. Um, so you have that standard, and you're looking for something better than that. Okay. So um, the standard is really just a kind of bit lower character, but you're looking for the high character, whether it's boldly sweet, um, has a lot of those oak tannins that hit you on the back of the tongue. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, either way, that you're just looking for a few steps above. Um, And that's really all that would get one um, not into the program is is low character. Okay. So just like this is it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's fine. It just doesn't stand out. Are there are there like specific uh, things that you will you'll taste um, that that's that that you mentioned? I think caramel, vanilla, uh, like oak. Like are there things that, that you will recognize in that initial taste? that will be like that also kind of helps me or helps that that whiskey kind of graduate if you will so that's where it comes to kind of the hard part because you have to set i know it's it's funny to say it's a hard part on tasting well, whiskey, no no you I know, mean, but it's but it's it's complicated i mean it, really, it is yeah. you have to set your own flavor preferences aside yeah. So, because okay. I mean, I, I like a, I'm going to say a balanced whiskey that has that sweetness on the tip of the tongue. It's got a really good weight. It's almost like creamy. It sticks to your tongue, but it also has that oak that's right there on the pop on the back okay. and a long finish. Okay. That's what my perfect whiskey is. Okay. Um, but they're not all going to have that. Some of mm-hmm. them aren't going to have that sweetness. Some of them are going to have that real big pop of oak, but... Somebody who, say, smokes cigars, they own a cigar shop, that may be the barrel that they want that stands up well to a cigar. Mm-hmm. I will say the crowd pleasers are always the sweet forward whiskeys okay. that don't have much oak. So, I mean, it's you kind of got to look at it like that as well, what other people would like. Today's episode is sponsored by Tent Craft. 
Hey, attention, barbecue comp teams, barbecue brands, and business owners of all kinds. If you take your show on the road, you need to make sure you are repping your brand with the best custom tent in the game. The folks at TentCraft make their tents from the frame to the canopy, all in Traverse City, Michigan. This veteran-owned small business works with small brands like Little Old Me, all the way up to the big boy brands that you know and recognize. Listen, their tents will not be the cheapest, but they will be the best, and they back it with amazing customer service. The team at TentCraft still believes in delivering a great product at a fair price and making it all from start to finish with American labor. If you want to see what the folks at TentCraft can do to make your custom tent dreams come true, then reach out to them to get a free quote just like I did. Mention, may the smoke be with you and get 15% off your custom tent. That's a great deal. Again, mention May the Smoke Be With You if you reach out to get your free quote and you will get 15% off your custom tent. Go to tentcraft.com today to get started. Okay. So is there is there something uh, when, if somebody were to say, like if you were to give somebody a bottle of your perfect whiskey in the Jack family of, of products, is there one that's always typically like this This is this is mine or is it is it single barrels that are just that hit that profile? I'd say single barrels that hit that profile. Um, Cause I mean, honestly it's, you know, I don't know if you know this, we get a, as an employee at Jack, we get a free bottle of old number seven every month. Okay. It's the first Friday of every month. Good Friday. <laughs> and, uh, well, new so meaning to good Friday. That's, that's right. it. Yeah. Exactly. So I will say, um, on what I drink regularly, that's probably the one we drink the most of. Sure. It's, um, yeah. Because it does have that balanced character. Mm -hmm. But I've been doing, um, I don't know if you're familiar with barrel-proof single barrels. Mm -hmm. um, I've been doing those selections for about five years now. So I'm a little more accustomed to the high-proofs. Right. Little, so, and, and those, even in, in this case, would be, would be hotter? I mean, would be a... It's like more not, almost condensed flavors. Okay. So where like uh, where I said like the vanilla caramel and um, an oak on the balance of um, even an old number seven, this would be vanilla times ten. Okay. You know more maple. You know caramelized brown sugar, a little toffee, um, almost just like a creaminess, like a cream brulee. In yeah, there. yeah. I mean it's a toasty oak that almost has like a nutty finish. There's okay. just a lot more in there. Um, so it's the, I think the barrel proofs, they're a whole lot of fun and they're a lot of fun to share with folks too. I wish I had one with you, with me right now to share with you because they are so much fun to share with folks because my sister, she's a diehard Jack Daniels, old number seven drinker. Yeah. So she's kind of my guinea pig. Um, so I have taken her some, uh, some single barrels before and um i'm like so what proof do you think you're drinking she's like i don't know maybe like 100 110 i'm like girl you're drinking 137 wow and <laughs> so the number be... is not always what it is you know what it tastes like right i i'm not a whiskey or bourbon expert like that's not that's not my it's not my thing um no no maybe enough to be dangerous but you start talking those numbers and that's where i say it it's hot or too hot for me, uh, yeah. but it's not necessarily the case. That's it. It's a lot of times it's also how you taste it. Hmm. So uh, where I said like less is more on tasting, once you take that 
first small sip, because don't get me wrong, 137 proof, that's going to wake anybody's senses up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but that second sip after that, when you roll it all around, that's where you're going to pick up flavors. Instead of, you know, we don't shoot whiskey here. Yeah. We sip. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's where the flavors come from. Okay. And it's so, so beautiful. Okay. All right. Now, uh, that was a, we got a, a off the on off ramp there. That was that was my fault. We were in. <laughs> All good. We, we were talking about your journey. So, quality control. That's, yes. That's that's where we were in your your personal evolution here at Jack <laughs> Daniels. So you're in quality control for a while. Then then kind of what what was next for you? So, um, in my time in quality control, I'd worked with several past whiskey makers from the Steelhouse, and their stories made me absolutely fall in love with the Steelhouse. So the Steelhouse specifically is, that is where we turn grain into 140 proof, get it through charcoal mellowing, and then into the barrel. So I, um, that, I will say that was my first big girl interview to come to the Steelhouse. I mean, the master distillers in there, two people from HR, five others that are just kind of a blur at this time. Yeah. And and it's, um, I'm like, y'all, I know I dress nice for you today, but I'm a jeans and t-shirt kind of girl. I can uh, I can work on a John Deere lawnmower without any YouTube videos. I changed my own oil in my car. And uh, the manager who hired me at the time, he was like, I was sold when you said that. Because you do, you, I mean, as a, as a distiller, you're, you're part maintenance man, you're part quality control. I mean, you're a distiller above all, but you, you have to be very mechanically minded. Mm. And I fell in love with it. Okay. I mean, it is, there's so much more to it than just taking some grains, mixing them together and distilling them a couple days later. Mm -hmm. I mean, we use a yeast strain that you can trace all the way back to Prohibition. So 1938 to now, we've used the exact same yeast strain. So we have a resident microbiologist that grows it up each week for us here and then brings it over to us in production. Like, I I, I mean, I don't... (laughs) I don't even understand how you grow a yeast strain, but I guess that's why you have somebody on staff. That's that it. That's what their job is. Yes. I will give her a call out. Her name's Janessa, and thank yeast is truly, I mean, it's microscopic. Yeah. She loves them. I mean, she is just like my little babies, you know, my <laughs> yeast, you know, and it is, so she is perfect for the job, and I'm, I'm, I'm super glad to have her in the position she is because she is perfect for it. <laughs> so that interview, you said it was kind of your first big girl interview. Like, what, what were those questions? What were they looking for? You know, he said that he was sold when he heard that you were, you could change your own oil and, and you could fix a John Deere without a YouTube, <laughs> I, neither of which I really can do. But, um, like, I, like, what were those questions, what were they looking for? I think they're looking for somebody who's pretty much just like a self-starter, um, is motivated, knows at least just a little bit about... Uh, the distilling process, mm-hmm. which from working with some past whiskey makers, I had that little bit of help. Um, but you had to have some some form of secondary education. And um, I think they're just looking for, I'm going to say souls that kind of spoke to them, you know. Yeah. Um, somebody that's really interested and is going to go above and beyond. So th- that then kind of changed your, your world, uh, obviously day to day, being in the still house. Uh, because you were seeing that that process from a different mm-hmm. different point of view, um, what what was that day to day like when you first like when you day one was your world just totally turned upside down? Absolutely! Yeah. Oh my gosh! So I will say I was the sixth woman 
ever to distill Jack Daniels. Okay. I had the opportunity to work with the... Thank you. Had the opportunity to work with the first woman ever to do it. Now, she was hard. <laughs> I mean... Probably protective, too. Those, that's it. She yeah. kept those men in line for years before we came along. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yes, my life was... I'll say it's turned upside down, but in a great way. Because I'm, I'm a very uh, inquisitive person. Mm-hmm. Uh, very curious about everything. And it is a minimum 18-month training period. Wow. Minimum. Um, so th- th- when you say training, does that mean you are almost like attached at the hip to somebody? Um, like they're walking you through every day? Like Pretty much. Yeah. Um, or not trusting you with a lot of things, I guess. That's more yeah. like it, okay. yeah. Because, um, I mean, you're, you're going to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just going to happen. They tell you that when you come in. I mean, you're going to make big mistakes. And I've made, I've made some big mistakes. We all have. That's part of it. Because you're working 12-hour shifts. We're a 365, 24-7. You know, mm-hmm. you work six out of seven. You're off six out of seven. Um, so it's uh, you are with your new family pretty much. And, and that's really what it feels like. Um, but I will say on day one, uh, Ada, Ada Preston, she was the first dis- female distiller there. She said, uh, she's like, so did you find the bathroom today? And it was at the end of the day, so shift change. It's a huge facility. <laughs> I said, I did. I found the bathroom. She's like, then, girl, you're doing good. I'm like, perfect. Oh, wow. Because <laughs> it's, it's, we have, there's 48, 40,000-gallon 40, fermenters in the main part of the building. And they, the bottom floor looks exactly the same in all rooms. So it's easy to get lost in there. Yeah. But it's uh, it's I had some amazing, amazing guys training me, and I'm super, super thankful for them. Talk to me about the mistakes. Uh, I'm fascinated by that when you say big mistakes. Yeah. Like what what does that look like when you say that was we just made a big mistake? Um, does that mean like one of those forty thousand gallon thing, like is? You know, I will say so. Uh, let me start off by saying that environmental is so important to us. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have one really big rule at the steel house that keep it in the building, okay? okay. As in like the liquid, the yeast, the mash, mm-hmm. um, all of it. Because every drain in that building goes to one sump and then it can be managed no matter what liquid it is. Yep. Um, so at one point, a big mistake was when in our, our yeast tubs, you have to add water to them to pump them just to where they're thin enough to pump. And, um, somebody had turned on one of those water valves and forgot. I mean, it's the middle of the night Mm -hmm. and, uh, it just happens. The human element, you know, and, uh, a couple hours later, he realized what he'd done and he took off running. And, of course, mm. the radios, everybody's going crazy on the radios. He, the manager at the time, he takes his radio home because he's a little curious just to see <laughs> what's going on overnight. Or maybe micromanage much. I don't <laughs> know. <laughs> but he was just, yeah, loved the man. And uh, so he heard all this commotion coming on. And when he came down the holler, he saw Earl as a human dam at the door keeping the yeast inside the building wow. uh, with people on the other side squeegeeing the, <laughs> the yeast back in. And he's like, Earl, you're not going to let that get in the creek, are you? He said, no, sir, we got it. And <laughs> that was it. Oh my. So at that point, it is very manageable. 
Yeah. But I mean, with our volumes, we are able to do things a very natural way. I will say a very um, efficient, but using number one grains, the yeast strain we talked about, mm-hmm. 100% copper stills, but we're dealing in big volumes. Yeah. So our fermenters, our 40,000 gallon fermenters, you can fill one of them in 82 minutes. That's pretty fast. That's 575 gallons a minute. Yeah. So, so that's mistake, a hard one to fathom. Yeah, and that that means if something goes wrong there, that's that's in a minute. You gotta be quick. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. And because I have undone the wrong line, because it's overhead lines that those come in and then into the fermenter. And when I undid it, I didn't even realize what I'd done for a split second. And then it blows apart. And I'm talking, it'll go in your ears. It'll fill your hair. Well, it's a, <laughs> it's, your pockets are awful. Yes. <laughs> and, of course, the stop button was on the other side of the flow. So you have to go through it. But that's where, honestly, I mean, you know, we talk about, you know, the friends, the family, the everything. That is where the um, really the whole team comes together as one mm-hmm. because I may have made a huge mess and it's 2 a.m. but everything shuts down and everybody comes together and we all clean it. You may give each other hell a little bit, sure, yeah. but nobody's mad. Everybody's there to help because everybody's going to be in that position. Yeah. So it's, that's, that's a big mess, uh, but it's still, you know, nothing we can't fix. What's, what's that, that team like? I mean, I mean, I think you just, you gave a great example um, to me, from the outside looking in, coming to to Lynchburg, there is there is a sense of pride that I think the team has here that you don't necessarily have if you're just going to another. Just we make you know grommets somewhere. Right. There, there's a there's a sense a deep sense of pride that that just kind of echoes throughout this this hollow, Yeah, absolutely. You know? um, because, I mean, it is. I mean, the we have, right now, we have 28 whiskey makers. Okay. And they, of course, they're making whiskey right now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it doesn't stop for the jack. You're no, still going. No, it's still going. Holidays, your birthday, my birthday, <laughs> they're making whiskey. Yeah. So, um, I mean, that's 28 people in the entire world. And this is where every drop of Jack Daniels in the world comes from. Yeah. So, I mean, I can say I can say it for at least a couple more years because in 2020, I'd stepped out of the steel house for a little while. Every drop of Jack Daniels you're drinking right now, I had a hand in making it. Wow. Either the yeast or the mash or distilling it, getting it through charcoal mellowing. And, I mean, being on that team knowing that you were over that, I mean, it just, it, it tastes different. I yeah. mean, it's just, it's amazing. You know, I mean, you handmade that. Yeah. And you were one of the very very few people in the world that have ever had that opportunity so there is there's a tremendous amount of pride and where i said i'm a generational employee that's not a rare thing here right i wouldn't imagine that. that's it because i mean it is something you pass down throughout the family Mm -hmm. and i mean i I wanted to make my great aunt proud when she helped me get my foot in the door Mm -hmm. of course i never expected i'd be where i am today even talking to you but it, it it is something that is something that everybody feels yeah i mean i helped one of my cousins get hired on in quality control and i mean she feels the same way and she's an amazing amazing yeah. quality control um specialist yeah so it's uh we kind of use the family as our quality control too you, yeah you, you know that you, you very got some, proud yeah and then you also know that you've got you have some crazy family members 
that you wouldn't let in the door and you'll That's let it. HR know that too. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> because like, you care deeply about the product. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, shoot you help, but... Not you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Bless your heart. <laughs> that's right. So uh, you get hired into the the still house and yes. then... And then what's, what's from there? What so happens? from there, um, two, two years into being a distillery operator, I became a distillery team lead. Okay. Um, so that's kind of your fixer on shift of when mistakes happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and then let's see, that was, uh, 2016 by 2018. I had, um, Chris Fletcher. He came to me and asked if I'd like to do some barrel proof selections, start leading some of those with folks. He's like, you know, I see you're very passionate about this. Um, you know, if you want to try to hone in on trying to, it's so hard to take all the information from the still house and condense it down to an hour because I could be here with you for 17 hours yeah. and we still wouldn't cover it all. Um, but that has, that was, my gosh, I was, I was so humbled and excited to do that. And um, seeing, having three different glasses of three different barrels in front of you and tasting and talking about how each one's made. Because, I mean, you're spending a bunch on a barrel. I want you to know well, the ins so and outs of how it's made. So this is when somebody comes to buy a barrel yep. for an organization, individual, whatever it is, mm-hmm. and they would meet with you and yeah. you would bring them samples and kind of go through that process. Yep. So you had to know those whiskeys inside and out. That's be able it. to talk through the process, everything. Yeah. And then that just kind of that sharpened the skill of not only under, a deeper understanding of, of the whiskey because you had to, to teach it. In exactly. Essence, um, but it also probably gave you another skill, which was just to the public. Yeah. You know, and that was probably a, another test for you internally was like, how does she handle that's being it. in front of the customer? Because it is. I mean, that's a different world. Mm-hmm. I mean, mechanically be, minded, yeah. I can do that all day long. Right. You need something fixed, I got you. Yeah. Uh, but talking to people, it's a scary, <laughs> terrible thing at times. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so You're real good at it. Well, thank you. Thank yes. you. Yeah. Um, I have an amazing PR team that's helped <laughs> tremendously. And, um, but yeah, it did. I mean, I think just working with, you know, five to eight different people at once, you know, that helped me get ready for, you know, 25, 30, 50 people, um, which you still kind of get the butterflies, but I don't think that'll ever go away. You know, if it goes away, then that means my passion's gone, you know? Right. Uh, so yeah. So after starting to do some of those, the, um, let's see in 2020, that was, Y'all, that was my, a big year. I mean, it was, really? it was what, a, just a crazy year across the globe really? since everything shut down. You know, <laughs> I, know. Well, I think we've all tried to block it out. Yes, indeed. But I've had a, uh, I had a strangely wonderful year that year. I married my uh, best friend, who is now my husband, oh. who I also met here at Jack Daniels. Very cool. Um, and his mom also works here in the office next to mine. Just uh, shooting that out there, too. Wow. Um. And then, of course, in November of 2020, I came into the assistant distiller role. Okay. And that's kind of when everything everything changed a little bit. So what was that? That isn't obviously just a, hey, uh, you, you've done this much time in this job and you've done the check this box. Like, that had to be another massive kind of interview conversation. Something had to happen to make that happen. I'll say a lot more conversation, really, than interview. Okay. So, uh, Chris, they already knew who you were. That's it. They, they, they yeah. knew me well. Um, so Chris Fletcher, he, uh, he called me to his office. I couldn't tell, you know, like, it's like, oh my God, am I in trouble? Right. Yeah, you yeah. know? <laughs> uh, so I, when I go in there, um, he was like, so, um, 
You know, Jeff Arnett, our previous master distiller, had just uh, moved on to other things. So Chris Fletcher stepped into the master distiller role, and he's like, I would, uh, I'd be honored to have you work side by side with me. And, you know, this is protecting the traditions of making great whiskey, but we still get to innovate, to have fun, and, mm-hmm. and just be relevant with today's consumers. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, that. let me, let me think about it. I'll talk to my husband, you know. Yeah. I'm trying hard, trying really hard not to, um, not to jump up and down. We, we just... Uh, <laughs> Sorry. We, we have a, a tent that's trying to... Uh, to Wizard of Oz us here. Uh, that hasn't happened all day, but uh, I think I think we're yeah. Joshua, we'll we'll we'll, uh, we'll yep we'll put the the bricks. But thank you guys. We just had some thank you. some <laughs> lovely uh, barbecue festival attendees swing by and make I have sure. Not had good luck today. <laughs> so so I uh, I tried really hard. To contain myself from jumping up and down in oh, his office. Yes. You know. I'll go talk to my husband. That's it. It's just like, uh, yeah, of course I'll do that. I mean, what an honor. Because, I mean, around here, I mean, the, the master distillers, assistant distillers have been held in such high regard for so long. I mean, mm-hmm. Jeff Arnett, Jimmy Bedford, Frank Bobo. I mean, we knew them all. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, and they're just so highly respected and just a cool job, you know. Yeah. So um, to have the opportunity to work side by side with Chris Fletcher, I mean, yeah, it's it was very tremendously humbling, and yeah, I was I was very excited. So uh, that was basically almost three years ago. Yeah, I guess. Uh, talk to me. Let's let's transition a little bit into what uh, this weekend means to to Jack Daniels, the yeah. barbecue festival. What what's what's this mean to to the Jack Daniels family? Oh, my gosh. There's so much of the Jack Daniels family. I will say employees and folks from Brown Foreman, our parent company, that are down enjoying this today. But like you said earlier, I mean, you wouldn't believe how much work it takes to put this on. I mean, we've had um, we've had several teams working for two weeks just to set up this entire park. Mm-hmm. Um, so it means a lot to all of us. I mean, this this is truly just something that's – it's another thing that we've just passed down over the years. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I've been coming to this since I was one. I mean, <laughs> I mean that's absolutely um, amazing. So um, I'll say the Friday night before barbecue, we go up on Barbecue Hill and we um, we celebrate with all the teams that are going to be um, cooking in in the competition this weekend, and we do something that I absolutely love. It is called the burning of the grievances. And everybody that comes up there, you know, there's some VIPs that come up. And, of course, all, all the teams, um, they take this bag and you write down whatever your, I'm going to say, bad juju is. <laughs> um, and um, you put it in this metal pig. And we have this whole celebration over this of um, we end up taking a bottle of Jack, pouring that on there. And then we've burned those to where you are coming in today. And, it, I mean, it does. It gives me chills wow. because, I mean, it's it, it's you're letting go of everything bad. And you're coming in today to give everything you've got. Make it your best cook ever. Make it your best day ever. Mm-hmm. And that's the one way that, you know, that Jack Daniels, the whiskey, and Jack Daniels, the Jack, the smoke and the holler, these barbecue competitors, you know, we're very much alike. Because Jack Daniels said every day we make it, we'll make it the best we can. 
So that is something that I think we're giving to them too. It's yeah. like, man, I know it was a lot of stress to get here. If you're from the other side of the world and you're coming here, you're cooking on equipment you're not even used right. to. Burn it. Yeah. Burn it and just come in tomorrow, smile, and, and just give it everything you got. So uh, that, I, I absolutely love that part of it. Uh, I, I heard about that this, this morning uh, from somebody. We went up to the hill last night. It is, it's stunning. How <laughs> old is that building that's up there? Oh, gosh. Um, I'm going to say about 20 years. Because if you had told me it was built two years ago, I would have said, yeah. Because yeah. it just, it, it just, it, at both times, it looks like it's been there forever. <laughs> and it also looks like it's modern yeah. and just beautiful and stunning and a gorgeous event venue. Exactly. I mean, just, yeah, I, I, my mouth just dropped when I saw That's it. That's it. Night. I mean, by far, I hope you caught the sunset. Because it is the best sunset in town. Great. Oh, my gosh. You'll just have to come back. Darn. Um, (laughs) But you can. I mean, you can. I mean, it sets there. Of course, there's like 30 rocking chairs up front for everybody to have a seat. And um, and just. We're we're about to take off. Twista. (laughs) So um, it is it is a lot, a lot of fun. Um. Hey Josh, why don't we uh, when that when this calms down? Why don't we uh, undo those flaps and just let it uh, let let it not be a. Does your drink have anything in it? Uh, no, okay. I don't think so. Okay. Um, thank you. <laughs> you know this this is this this is this is this is broadcast. Um, <laughs> That's it. All right. So um, the Jack Daniel the thirty five years I get thirty four years yep. is what this is this year. Um, it is a, it's an amazing event. If you're, if you're listening to this and haven't made your way to, to Lynchburg to, to be to Jack Daniels, um, one, you need to do that because it's, it's an incredible uh, experience. It is, um, I think the tour is, is just amazing. The tour guides you, you all oh. have are, are world-class. Yes. And they are your, your front line. They are your, yeah. your true kind of ambassadors uh, to this brand and kind of for me one of the first interactions I ever had with with Jack Daniels was through a tour guide that just made me fall in love with with the brand yeah um, but this place Lynchburg is special and then this weekend just kind of takes on a totally different kind of feel and, and vibe so yeah um, I would love to know just just from the, the business side like what are we what do we need to look for from Jack Daniels next well, I'll say, I'll say that we have um, the innovation aspect. That's mm-hmm. something we've been working hard on the last couple of years. So you're going to start seeing, um, continue seeing a lot more innovation pieces come out. Okay. Because we've been experiencing, I will say, a bourbon boom over the last, you know, 15 years. Yeah. And um, people are, are just really excited to learn about how things are made. What's it made out of? How did you do this? And for us to be able to tell them natural ways. But this is a distillery that we've been going since 1866. And we are still holding on to those natural ways, but we are getting to innovate at the same time. I'll say it took us out of the uh, about 122 years to stray from old number seven and have our first innovation. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But so we are not rushing into anything, I'll tell you. Um, but to be able to release like our aged line, we've released our 10 and 12 year old Mm -hmm. for the first time, um, since Mr. Jack was alive in the early 1900s. Wow. So to be able to continue doing something that he did, 
using the same water source that he did. Same number one grains. I mean, things like that is something you will continue to see. So you'll still see the high quality, but you're going to see some different grain bills, some different barrel finishes. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Just keep looking out for us. We will. Lexi, this has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for joining me. Uh, We could have gone longer. (laughs) <laughs> but uh, you are a very busy person, and I thank you for taking every minute that you had to give to us today. Thanks for joining, and may I, uh, and as always, may this month be with you. Thank you very much for having me. Have a good one. Thanks for listening to the May the Smoke Be With You podcast with Joe Levitt.